Hey, good morning, Derek. Peter Leeches, what's going on? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast on a beautiful, brilliant 52-degree morning with all the possible, with all the freaking potential in the sky. Sunrise just coming up over the hills. The undulating hills in Souderton, Pennsylvania. Had a great weekend. Hope you did as well. Got a bunch of wood carving done. I got fucking, since the last time I talked to you, which was probably yesterday afternoon sometime, got a tremendous influx of Pinekin orders. So for those who are unaffiliated, unfamiliar, rather, Pinekins are a slice of pine tree horizontal section of pine tree. A cross cut. Maybe three inches wide. And whatever diameter the tree is. Three inches thick, let's say. Slices. So I can take a ten foot tree and make it into at least two or three sections. Or, I'm sorry, three to five sections and that would be, right? From a big-ass pine log, I can extract dozens and dozens of these sections. And I do is to take my frickin' chainsaw and I carve it into a cute little pumpkin, but it's made out of pine, so it's a pine kin. And I sand it up a little bit, and I spray paint it, I burn it, I add a little stem, and I sell these things. I make a good buck doing it. So much so that I'm pretty much going to devote the remainder of, October, of September, which I only got a, a week or so, to Pinekin production. Because I got a shitload of orders, my friends. My good friend Heather down the cul-de-sac, she's got four of my Pinekins. And she's told every fricker, her mom, every person in the friggin' country view. I probably got eight or ten inquiries yesterday, and they all want two or three pinekins. I mean, big. It's a big order, tall order. Probably make a few thousand dollars just doing pinekins. I enjoy it, you know, as with anything. After a while, it can get monotonous. So I'm going to be freaking tired of, of carving pun, uh, pumpkins after a while. I'll tell you that. I love doing it, though. I love that it makes people happy. And it's a quick carve. Each pine can. I mean, probably take, like most of my carvings, they require far more of my time than I would like to believe. Rather simple, quick carve. I can knock one out in 10 minutes. <clears throat> just rough it out and then I gotta sand it and do all kinds of other shit put a stem on so I set up a little picnic table out front I never I stopped short of like really advertising these you know but every year I might put a little table out there and stick the pinekins on it this year I carried a picnic table over and I stacked the finished and 
up top and then the unfinished ones on the bench and I put a little sign up there and so people are these orders are going to be coming in it's exciting when something like that happens even though you know, it's going to dominate my weekends for the foreseeable future and I have other wood carvings to complete you know I have several bears and I've got this gigantic fucking bear so I mean, I'm busy I don't want my commission carver uh, carving uh, clients to get peeved at me but the reality is when a seasonal rush hits you on one particular item you just make a shitload of those and uh, you can move them very quickly it's exciting feel like you really got something that's unique and one of a kind and that people enjoy. So I'm carving the hell out of some pinekins. You look online, you'll see my work there. Alright, enough of that. Big Lar and I, we just kicked some ass. Short but intense workout at uh, Planet Fitness. We did some friggin' 500 steps. We did some friggin' pretty much every machine in there, or most of the machines, and we did up some barbell stuff. So we got a good pump, I've got some good cardio going, got a good start to the day, and that's how I can even talk and make any sense at 7 o'clock in the morning. Got a busy, busy day ahead of me, so I beat it out of, clean my ass up, and then I went to... Uh, Eat it out of Planet Fitness. Bid farewell to Big Lair. Lair and Air, my friends. Lair and Air. Like working out with them. We're going to do more of that. And now I'm heading to Beardsley's. Yes, I'm heading to the small engine shop. I'm going to drop off this big ass chainsaw that I have told you entirely too much about. But it's brand new, it's not starting. It's bothering me. I'm almost a thousand dollars into this thing, and I need to expect more from a varsity letterman. Alright? I need to expect more from this friggin' monster saw. And so I'm excited that at the possibility he's gonna be able to give it a few tugs and tweak a carb or some sort of setting, and it'll start right up. It's got a friggin' full tank of gas and bar oil in it, and we should be. We should be all set. I'm told that his hours start at 7. So I'm going to throw this sucker out on the loading dock. And I'm going to see if anybody's in there. And I'm just probably jump right back in the truck. And head over to the office for an 8 a.m. patient. So I'm really excited to get this saw fixed, right? Can't fucking wait. It's important. Hopefully I'm going in the right direction here. But, yeah, I got all these freaking saws and the brand new one. Gigantic fucking 70cc is not working. So Daniel Beardsley Incorporated Limited 
underline, bold, italicized. He's going to fix this fucking saw. Oh, yes, he will. I have faith. So either he's going to fix it, or he's going to replace it, or he's going to send it back to the factory. Uh, in any case, uh, within the next few days, I'm looking forward to an answer. as to what the situation is on this device. So. My anatomy crew, they've got a friggin' their exam one, their lab exam. They're going to kick ass on that. I'll help them throughout the day today. Prepare for that. We have showtime at 9.30. out just for one moment while I drop this off. 7.03. Making good time. <laughs> so listen. Ran into my man Daniel Beardsley who's friggin' 10 minutes late for work on this brisk morning. I stuck the friggin' chainsaw yeah, nobody was around. Guy says he starts his hours start at seven. Well, anyway, whatever. It's his freaking business. He can do whatever he wants. But uh, he was pulling in as I was pulling out. So the man says, "Ah, he probably got it flooded." Which, let me tell you how I feel about that. I'm gonna okay. For those of you who don't know what the hell you're talking about with, you know, small engines and shit, to flood a chainsaw or a go-kart or most anything. When you flood an engine, you're flooding it with gasoline. So you've got an engine in simplest components. You've got a piston and a cylinder. Piston is, is a cylinder, cylindrical shape that's going to go inside this female component. Slides in and out of there, right? you got a carburetor or the fuel injector, whatever you got, sprays a little bit of gasoline in there. The gasoline's a mist, so it aerosols, right? And then you got a spark. You pull the thing, the compression goes, so it takes that fuel, it squeezes it down, and then it zaps it with a little electrode. That's the spark. And then the friggin' machine runs fine. So to flood something, to flood a device, is it possible that I flooded it? Absolutely. The problem is once I leave it alone, once I drain it, once I keep pulling the friggin' cord and all that shit, 
I did all these things to try to troubleshoot this friggin' chainsaw and still ain't starting. I can't do that every time I go to fucking run it. I need to expect that this thing fires up every time or I'm going to send it back and buy a saw that starts every time. Because here's the deal. Why is it that I have four saws at home that I can start up right now without no problem? And I got a thousand dollar saw that's got all the fucking balls in the world but it won't start. You know, you can have the biggest dick in the world. If you can't get it erect, then it don't fucking matter. Catching my drift. So I need to get this thing running. Daniel Beardsley is my key to that. He is the fucking man. He looked like he was a little bit <laughs> at least annoyed. Eh, not, not terribly annoyed, but... I, so how should I feel then, the question, is how should I feel when someone is, when he says, ah, you just got it flooded. Maybe I do have it flooded. But I'll tell you what, Daniel Beardsley, I pull on a fucking chainsaw before, and they usually become erect. So I need to be able to do that on not fucking... When you use it, I, I don't need you to freaking make my dick hard. I need to be able to make my own dick hard. And for 900 something dollars, that shit better fucking start right up. You understand what I'm saying? All right, shifting gears from the chainsaw. I know you guys love to hear my chainsaw stories. But I got wood to carve, man. As I stated, I got pinekins. I got giant fucking 10-foot bears. Got little bears. I got poolside bears. I got all kinds of cool shit in front of me. I've got a guy with a fucking head that looks like the top of a fucking pencil. He's in a muscle car. Rocket Ford Mustang GT, baby. So, um, I'll tell you something, man. When me and Lau were in that gym. Now, Lara and I are known to sweat. I mean, nobody's going to sweat like us. If you take the top percentile of sweaters in Planet Fitness between, you know, 6 and 8 this morning or all day, it's going to be me and Lara. We work hard. We're big guys. We sweat a lot. But I got to tell you something. We don't smell. I put on my uh, timber deodorant. And that shit has a nice effervescence to it. I mean, that is nice. That smells good. Fresh, clean, manly. I don't know if Lair had any deodorant or not. I didn't get that close to him. But he didn't smell terrible. I'll tell you what, though. There was this couple that were in there. Looked to me like they were of Indian descent. I have many Indian friends, so you can kiss my fucking ass. These people 
one, I think it might have been, I'll give it, give credit, say it's the husband. He wasn't wearing no deodorant. And he had some terrible body odor. Terrible. I mean, you come over to the fucking paper towel dispenser and the little squirt squirt station where you put your disinfectant on your paper towel. And he's on a nearby exercise device doing fucking peck deck or something like that. And this guy smelled like a motherfucker. You shouldn't smell that bad. I mean, that's, you know, you know that different cultures often often consume different types of food. And sometimes that food will come out in your pores, right? Like Italian folks stereotypically eat a lot of garlic. I love garlic. Had my kids eat a piece of garlic clove a while back, and Sam was like, "That's the most disgusting thing I've ever had. Get the fuck out of here." Love garlic, man. You don't want to eat raw garlic. You know, one time I ate an entire clove of elephant garlic when I was in the Marine Corps. I had my buddy, you know, my buddy Skinner. I was on this major health kick thing, and I had a juicer and all this shit in my in my barracks room. And we juiced an elephant garlic clove, and I drank the whole fucking thing. I think he did as well. He'd do anything. And we stunk for fucking a long time. But I gotta tell you, this Indian couple who's in there, they really stink. You really fucking smell, man, on Monday morning. That's... It's not like, it's not okay. No more do I want somebody slathered with all kinds of, you know, lotions and crazy deodorants and Axe body wash. I don't need all that, man, but do what you got to do to not smell like a fucking butthole. You stink. (laughs) I mean, it's sort of shit like catches you fucking way off guard. Like the way Pepe La Pew, remember in, a, in Looney Tunes, Pepe La Pew would fucking all of a sudden you'd catch that scent, whatever, of a of another female skunk or whatever, and you'd love that scent. Well, this isn't like that. Same thing, though, with that kind of like gaseous, sort of undulating gas that works its way towards Pepe La Pew and goes right under his nose and it picks him up on his toes. And then he's like, oh my God. And his heart starts beating out his chest and all that shit. This is definitely Pepe La Pew. You stink, man. You fucking smell. And he's just... The guy was slight. I think it was him. He was very slight. Very slight. My son is bigger than him. But he... He was producing this tremendous musk. These anal glands need to be released or expressed or whatever that is. Periodically, gotta do with our pets. If I ever smell like that, you fucking tell me. Alright, so we'll see what's going on. Alright, finally, this is what I have. This is not the, you know, the best topic. It's not something I, I, I enjoy speaking about, but it needs to be addressed. This whole Gabby Petito thing. Just can't help but catch these sort of 
news headlines, some missing persons. Like, who's that? Hmm. Yeah, she lived the van. This is what I know. This is what I know. It ain't much. She lived the van life. She was trying to make a living on social media, traveling across the country and having adventures, living out of a van. Well, she had a boyfriend, I guess a fiance, his guy's name was Brian Laundry. And looks like he killed her. They found her yesterday. She was missing for a week, a few days, a week. They found her, confirmed that it was her, her dead body essentially outside the Grand Tetons in Utah. I think that's Utah. So, that's fucked up, man. There was some footage or something of them. It was a domestic issue where police came and I guess they were in a spat. Lovers quarrel out there on the highways somewhere going across the country and So, missing persons seems like her her, her um, fiance reportedly returned from this trip in her van on a Tuesday and did not, you know, w- without her. So went to his parents' house on a Tuesday in a, the van that the two had driven across the country. She was not with him, and then she's missing. He's not talking. He's probably disappeared by now. Right? So now everybody thinks he did it. And maybe he did, I'm sure. This will come up during our chiropractic sessions today. So this is terrible, man, and who knows what went on. Innocent until proven guilty, but this guy's nowhere to be found. He ain't saying shit, and his parents ain't saying shit. Then, you know, he probably killed her and left her in the fucking desert. Left her in, you know, wherever. This is the sort of terrible shit that goes on out there. There's always the potential for this sort of thing. It's interesting to me, and I, I, if you go back to the podcast that I did about, um, into the wild. It's always been interesting to me the notion of going on an adventure, going to uncharted territories, at least for you, things you've never done before. So you take you turn your cargo van into a an RV and you put your dog in there and you put a bed and some basic survival stuff. You work your ass off one summer or throughout the year to save enough money to go travel the world or travel the country, ride around. You develop a scheme where you're going to report on all of your adventures on social media. Probably driving around podcasting and taking pictures and all that stuff. And it's cool. It's inspiring. It makes people that are working nine to fivers that are feel like they're stuck in some, you know, whatever situation, stuck in the mundane. It makes them, gives them hope. Maybe they get a van, take their van, and they refurb it, and they go, you know, around the tri-state area and sleep in their van and, and see things, and what a tremendous thing. Look, here's a nice van. It's a school van. 
take something like that, an old school van like that, pull the seats out of it, make a bench, make a bed, put some cargo space in there, beef up the suspension, all that shit. I love that van life. And I love the wanderlust. I love that people would like to go out there and experience things, to find things. You know, it's and to see things. It's not... It's as much, seems to me, that it's as much seeking for themselves, seeking their identity. They're trying to make sense of their reality, their life, their purpose, as they are looking at the beauty of the natural landscape of the country and interacting with its people and being free, all that stuff. I feel like it's a some standard human tendency to want to wander and experience and, and come to some conclusions about life. I don't know if you've ever been on a road trip, you know, like I haven't gone too far, but I've done some 10, 12 hour trips and longer. Um, things can get a little tense out there sometimes. Gotta watch the company you keep, right? It's an adventure. Life is an adventure. And you gotta watch the fucking company you keep. Watch who you're in league with, man. And try to keep it all together. It's hard enough to keep it all together for yourself, but... You're traveling, you got a companion, you can be the greatest thing in the world, or... You guys can start to fucking hate each other. Getting some sort of spat or some sort of disagreement or whatever. Just grow tired of each other. You're like, I fucking hate you. You know what I mean? <laughs> You've seen these movies where, the, you know, somebody... Uh, people are stranded on a desert island, like lost or something. And you got folks who are naturally kind and helpful. And you got some real selfish motherfuckers out there. And people can change switch those roles too they can start out as this fucking tremendous human being that you, you know, someone whom you'd be so happy to be stranded on a desert island or on some kind of journey with and that person based upon the circumstances can change completely but nobody should ever die right so I don't know what went on here, but terrible thing, terrible thing to uh, to do. Yeah, I can't imagine any scenario, given those basic facts, which is all I know from reading a couple articles. The basic facts about this woman and the journey she was on and her fiancé all we know is that she, he came back in her van without her, and she's dead now. And now we can't find Brian Laundry. So, have we solved nothing else this week? Let's find 
Brian Laundry and determine whether or not he killed his fiance. This adventurous young van life woman. If he killed his fiance, then he should die. That's my my feelings. Just fuck that guy. Anybody who would go on a journey with somebody and leave them dead. By an extremely beautiful locale, the Tetons, these grand mountains that people visit every year and hike and climb and talk about how wonderful they are. Now those threads. Now those threads are discussing that, yeah, they found her and now we don't know where he is and his parents are covering up for him. So now you're kind of blemishing. You're, you're, you're sullying. You're, you're um, desecrating, if you will, in a way this place that is associated mainly with serenity and beauty, natural beauty. It's passive, sure, it doesn't doesn't know what's going on, but it's almost like sacrilegious to do that. It's like walking on an Indian burial ground like they always depict in the Western movies. Or Jeremiah Johnson, we're on an ancient Cree burial ground. These are Blackfoot. If we walk through, they find out we walk through their burial ground, they're going to kill us all. It's a special place. Don't fucking do that. So, Brian Laundrie, if you killed this girl, then you should fucking get killed. You turd. Goddamn fools. That's what I got on this Monday morning. All right. I'll talk to you folks later. No doubt there's going to be some adventures today. But nobody's going to get killed as long as I get my chainsaw back. Running like a fucking top. Daniel Beersley Limited. To the rescue, baby. I don't appreciate his tone, though. Suggesting that, uh... You know, that... Oh, you you just got it flooded. Dude, let me tell you something. I got four chainsaws. Why is this the only one flooding? from later, I'm sure.